Hello, friends. Welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilferty, and I'm here with mystifyingly mellifluous Chris Brunty. And back again is our special guest, Dynamite Daniel Quinn. For today's episode, we are finally getting around to talking about the wilds of the world of a thousand gods. Essentially, anything outside of the city, uh, anything that is barbarous is up for grabs. And we're going to be exploring that and concepts related to that throughout this episode. Bar, bar, bar. Yes. Daniel, Chris, good to have you. So what's your favorite thing in the wilds, the wilderness, bandits, that kind of thing? Well, one thing that we talked about last episode uh, was the concept of piracy. And I do want to get into that because that is absolutely part of the wilds. And it is also important to, I mean, one of the things that we wanted to focus on was the golden age of sail. And with, you know, people like Sir Isaac Drake walking around. Isaac? Sir Drake. I'm just going to say Sir Drake. Uh, he was essentially... Loved his last album. <laughs> really? It was terrible. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Drake, if you weren't aware, was state-sanctioned piracy. He essentially was given... He, he was pointed in the direction of Hispaniola, the New World, and pointed at the Spanish uh, cargo boats. ships. Yeah, and essentially told, like, hey, go take that. And then was good. just given money. He was knighted uh, for his piracy. And I think that that's kind of interesting. Uh, I think, but I don't think... That's the kind of barbarian and pirate that I have in mind when no, I think No, that's more of... like mercenaries. And I feel like no. that is... Merce, uh, pirates and privateers are very, very different. different. That's yeah. true. That's very true. He was a privateer, which was basically just state-sanctioned piracy. Until it no longer became fashionable, and then he was just a pirate. Yes. Yes, exactly right. I've always been a fan of um, lost civilizations. So I don't know if that fits in the... I mean, they're not inhabited, but... Um... You know, in the wilds, you might find some... The Lost City. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's that's always fun. I think that we definitely don't have an area that is kind of suited to that yet. And I think that where we are in creating the world, this region that we've created is probably the most civilized part. I think that once you get towards the northern or the southern reaches and whatnot, I think you'll start seeing a lot more, you know, kind of Lost City type things. Mm -hmm. And that's actually a really great point, Daniel, to bring up. The Lost Cities, I think that is absolutely part of the wild. Like ruins and such. Yeah, yeah. ruins and, and whatnot. So I, I want to get into that. So let's go ahead and when you think of Lost City, where does your brain go? Two Ooh. places. I think of uh, jungles and sunken cities. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, my brain immediately goes to like Indiana Jones or in, uh, this is a very 90s kid reference, to the Lost City of Zinge from Congo. The movie, yeah, Chris, that look gives me, oh yeah, give me the hate. Oh, give me the hate. Look, we got two ah, excellent. Ah, ah. <laughs> you think you can best. Oh. That's a terrible impression. That was I a great Tim Curry. I love your spirit. No, we've got two terrible movie references in a row. Daniel, I'm blaming you because you're the only reason. But no, uh, last one was the one. From last, oh, oh come God, the one, the one was great. Oh, no, that's a bad movie. Oh, you're gonna play, you're gonna give me the hate look for Congo, and you say the one is great. It had a talking ape. Congo was great. No, it was not talking. Signing sign language, which has already been established as a thing that they can do. 
Coco didn't Coco die recently? Yeah, oh, yeah. Like yeah. and by recently, I mean like ten years ago. Oh, ten years ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Within yeah. the last like decade. old news. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. It's fine. Time is relative, and yeah, exactly. R.I.P. The, the title of this episode is going to be R.I.P. Coco, <laughs> and also subterranean cities. Yes, subterranean cities are important. Oh, very important. I mean, if you want to go there, there's the jungle, and then there's also, of course. Uh, Ryla, you know. Yeah, the, I was about the, to say. The sunken city, of my course. My favorite lost cities. Non-Euclidean. Non-Euclidean. Yeah, <laughs> which is why I actually want to avoid, if we can, those types of lost cities if we're going to be doing something like that. I was actually thinking one would be cool, a frozen one. That's exactly where my brain was going, too. Also because it's cold as fuck. Y- yes, it is. Yeah, Boston is went from, hey, it's kind of nice out to immediately dying outside weather. So I was just watching um, and the first episode of Next Generation with my wife, who finally agreed to watch Star Trek. So oh, that's amazing. That, I tried oh. to get into TNG, and that first episode is terrible. But but in that first episode, there's kind of a lost city because the whole Farscape alien, which is a city. Okay. Like, yeah. So maybe yeah, you yeah, have yeah, a yeah. concept of a living city in there that's been forgotten. I've often thought about the living city concept, mm-hmm. and I've and I've always wanted to do like the city moves because it's on the back of beasts Ooh, and like stuff that. like that. That's cool. But I've actually like pandemonium. Pandemonium. Yeah, isn't that on the back of a like a thousand leg monster? May oh, I, it, I think that's a specific city, isn't it? Like the city of Dis or something like Maybe. that. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I actually wanted to circle. But I do want to do a frozen city. That would be neat. I want to do something like that. I think that'd be cool. Also. Hold on, now you've got me thinking of the, the living city. I'm thinking that the forgotten are like kind of a living organism of the city. It's like kind of, yeah. uh, you know, like um, like they are the white blood cells of, of the one earth bigger thing. itself, yeah. essentially. That could be a thing. Getting a real thing vibe yeah. from Oh, them. from the frozen <laughs> city? Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I think it's actually frozen. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. Is that this is yeah, this is one particular area that is frozen and it is completely overrun by the forgotten. But these forgotten are different than this. Their southern cousins, mm-hmm. where the ones in the south, they're kind of like they kind of stick to their own. But these forgotten up in the north, something about it, something about this particular city. They are way more militant and way more aggressive and way more. I mean, we, when we were talking about the Forgotten originally, we were. Chris had brought up this thing where it's like their psychic energy is so powerful or something like that, that even trying to communicate with these things is like damaging to the mind. Mm-hmm. And I like that idea of oh, like. Oh, yeah, because uh, kind of like the dark ones in uh, Metro. Yes. How it's just I think like they don't. Th- yeah. yeah, they don't even intend to be malicious about it. It's just the way that. Our psyche and their psyche interact. It causes mm-hmm. us to become paranoid, fearful, mm-hmm. and yes, we're get, going right back to John Carpenter. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that'd be really fun to do like a frozen, blasted wasteland mm-hmm. of ice and snow. And so, so I guess that brings me to what is in the what is in the wilds that will bring adventurers there, which will bring people out to well, it's try always and... lost treasures. Right, oh, but but more than that, like what specifically? Like what can what can or, I you mean, could make it noble? They have to thin the herd. Oh, they, you mean like they have to go and, overrun? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because mm. that that's kind of something that you see trying to in... avoid genocide. You know, like... <laughs> no, 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 no. Like uh, 
the Grey Wardens in uh, Dragon Age, they had to go after the Blight. Uh, you have the Crab Clan in... Uh, Legend of the Five Rings. Yeah, where they had to make uh, against the Shadowlands and everything. Okay. I mean, it's a, I, it's a trope that happens. Sure. Do we want to avoid it? Do we want to lean into it? That actually would be kind of cool because then we can add like a Viking type people who are just constantly fighting against the... Oh, that's... Oh, man, that's... Okay, it could that's be cool. kind of like... What's that Monsters game that you played before? Monster Hunter? Yes. So, like, the, maybe there's there's like things in the in the creatures themselves they want to get out of them. So they're when forming they're armor out of... Yeah, the, like out of these forgotten creatures. I don't know if then you have to kill like 300 in order to get one gem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, don't even get me started. I love Monster Although Hunter. Although I, I do really like the concept that you mentioned briefly of them having a connection to the world itself. Like if there are some kind of like connected network of people, but they're somehow also the the are the life of the world. That might be a reason to want to go and make contact with them. That's pretty fascinating as well. My thought is to to kind of build off of that. You had brought up the anathema. I mean, if because if these things are are being hunted, right? If the forgotten are being hunted by these Vikings. Northlanders by Vikings, yes. right? I imagine that's kind of easy. So part of me now believes that the Forgotten are somehow either wrangling or creating anathema. So these massive soul-rended beasts to act partly as guardians. Can so you remind go, us what anathema are? Yes, the anathema are exactly that. They are, the, they are beasts or they are monsters that during their cycle uh, of, of life, of karmic... Got twisted up. They got twisted up oh. either by the reach of the apotheosis or just through some cosmic chance. And so now when they are back on this material plane, they are entirely monstrous. Oh. And I think that, Chris, what did you give them? It wasn't just that they were like twisted physically. They were also like soul damaged in some way or had like kind of... I think I made it uh, almost regenerative in a way because they can't really die so much because i wanted them to be somehow linked to the uh ashenborn in the way that right. what happens when animals get ashenborn right right and that's and that's what it was it was kind of um well maybe that's the connection then like if, if there's an animal nature and they're connected to the forgotten what, so what if take us back to the forgotten like what what are they exactly i wanted them to be a subterranean civilization and uh a lot of the inspiration was it was by jori ito oh junji ito Jun Yes, that one. Junji Ito, for those who don't know, is a uh, Japanese mangaka who is probably the best horror mangaka to ever live. And he's done stuff like Uzumaki, which is a horror manga. And it is... Do you have a copy of that, Chris? I don't have a hard copy of it. No. Okay, I've, we're, we're going to have to get internet. one so you can borrow it, Daniel, because yeah. it's really fucking good. But it's fantastic. The Spirals, yeah. that was kind of my inspiration for them. The Spiral City that they found. Spoilers. And... <laughs> Uh, sorry about that uh, but also the fact that it doesn't make sense it's something that forgot what it was that it it stopped being humanoid and just took on this shape it, they're meant to be an enigma and part of it is also the fact that they hate what they lost and they hate what the That's other races sense. are yeah. yeah so the other important aspect to the forgotten is they are an old progenitor race that have like physically and mentally degenerated to the point where they're formless and mm -hmm. they're like really their intelligence is so alien that it's kind of unknowable. Okay. That's so that's important. So is the is the idea of possibly connecting the forgotten to the Ashenborn 
to this new kind of anathema uh, to the anathema these three things together it could be i mean we've never really explored that concept too much i always love when that happens when you get into like a fantasy world and you've got these distinct things but then suddenly there's these links between them that make suggest the possibility what would happen if one of the forgotten died and became an ashenborn Ooh, okay and now we have and now we have the frozen north where that's happened and that's perhaps why that particular uh group of forgotten act that way they're more aggressive and whatnot and also we've noted that uh when the ashenborn come back their mind is somewhat intact can be yeah it depends yes so imagine if you had this insane creature brought into a body that it is now has a physical form that's actual capable and everything. It was just like, I remember the hate. I remember this hate. Or imagine, or imagine the alien intelligence that just doesn't go through like out, like mortal intelligences. They lose everything when they become ashen born. Right. But this alien thing, who's to say that it doesn't remember everything, every moment, even going back thousands and thousands of years. So now finally, it's not like you said, Chris, it's no longer degenerated. It is a fully perfect body. And it is it's there it is. Oh, man, that's that's super fucking fascinating. I like that a lot. And Um, if it can still communicate with the other ones. Because oh. it do, it's not an alien intelligence to it. Oh, so it's, oh, it's like a psychic kind of. thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I do like uh, the idea of a centralized intelligence of the forgotten of this Ashenborn one. And with its knowledge going back thousands of years, you can always be just like, oh yeah, I can, I can wrangle these things. And moreover, what happens if it now knows the process of creating Ashenborn? Or in this case, creating Anathema. So maybe a couple of generations ago, everything was just a regular ass animal. And then this thing happened and now it's being able to create anathema. And so these Northlanders are forced to go and hunt these creatures northward because otherwise there's exactly there's some kind of horrible thing going on. So that's in the north. That's pretty cool. What else do we have? Go. I, I mean, I feel like we could spend an entire episode just kind of fleshing out that idea. On the frozen cities? The frozen cities alone, exactly. I mean, there's so much to, like, mine in that case. Thank you. What about, um, you know, we talked about frozen cities, sunken cities, you know, jungle ruins, cities. Jungle cities. What about sure. floating cities? Like a, in the clouds? I don't I've, know. I've never been a fan of that kind of... In, like, Bioshock? Uh, I liked the sunken city wow. or shack. jungle cities that are, that are hoisted up by some mysterious force. Uh, Chrono Trigger, like Zeal, I believe. Yeah, like that kind of stuff. I've I am less familiar. I, I, I played that book. game years and years and years ago. When you went, when you went far back enough in time where magic was a thing, there was a floating city that. Magus was right. No, no, Magus was in the monster village, and he was fighting for monster rights. Zeal, (laughs) he was. Listen, (laughs) monsters were dicked over in the first war. (laughs) Don't get me started on the politics. Well, this is all to say that as an alternative energy source, he used magic to raise things up. So I don't know if there's god power behind things. That's the thing. (laughs) I am less a fan of floating cities because. Unless, like, what? How do the how do the cities get there? Mm-hmm. Like that's, I, and I know that sounds right, right. silly. How do or they fucking get there? Up there? Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and I don't want it to be like, well, that's the mystery. You have to no, 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 <laughs> yeah. no, 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 because it's the god of sky. <laughs> oh, <laughs> or maybe they're hoisted up to avoid what's below them. 
Like, what, like a Jetson style? Like, you just put them on stilts? <laughs> I wouldn't mind a stilt city. Like, that's okay. That but on, but now we're getting into the cities again. Let's get out <laughs> oh, of the cities. Oh, we're trying to avoid cities. We're trying to go to Oh, the, I forgot. This okay. is the Wilds episode. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Vikings could also, they cover a little bit of, well, we don't want to make them barbarous. Like, right. they, they, are, they have a noble cause. I mean, I've been watching uh, the Vinland Saga anime, and no man... That is that is a great anime. Also, Vikings are cool. They don't have to. I mean, like they don't have to be barbarous monsters. That's the one thing I kind of like about them. I know, but I kind of want to know what god they follow and everything. Yeah, exactly. We're, we'll have to do that next episode or something <laughs> like that, or a couple episodes from now. Well, you're asking what's in the south, right? So let's right. do. I mean, we did the north. It's frozen. We understand that. Now let's go south. I mean, past the desert. What is what is south of? There be dragons. Do we? That's actually important. We don't. We, we don't necessarily dragons, have yeah. dragons yet. What about like vegetable dragons or dragons made of things that are not common? Like, because I feel like you expect in the south there to be jungles or deserts, right? But if you want to be interesting, you have to do something totally off the wall. That's true. I mean, we already have the northern thing. So, mm-hmm. and not only that, we don't know how the hemisphere kind of right. works. So, what do you? What would you suggest? I want lithoids. Damn it. Lithoids are cool. God, I am so glad that <laughs> I like lithoids. Lithoids are fine. I have no or problem. Fungus-based creatures. Uh, I'd rather weird. do fungus-based. Like than... you think of a dragon, usually it's this like hard, you know, beefy Scaling, thing, right? What yeah. if it's like a fungoid thing that takes different forms, like an orchid? How, why is now that's not a dragon anymore though? That's right, but like maybe it could be just as big and ferocious as a dragon. You so know? we're talking about like creatures. big monsters. Yeah, we're talking about big monsters at this point. Yeah. That's actually kind of an important part of the wilds. It's like, what makes people want to stick to the cities in the first place? Yeah. What is dangerous away from the cities that keeps them, mm-hmm. you know, away? Yeah. So Besides bandits. Well, yeah, bandits and, and barbarians and pirates. Monsters. Yes, obviously. Highwaymen. Highwaymen, yeah. There's also bad weather. Yeah, like the desolation storm. You don't mm-hmm. want to be caught outside of a city in a desolation storm. That's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. But actually, I think this is a good transition into what are the monsters like mm-hmm. in in the in the wilds. You know, I, I mean, we talked a little bit of the hags during the Halloween episode, which is cool. But that's said and said and done. Consider that like plunked into various points of the wilds. Besides hags, what are what makes the wild so dangerous? I like the idea of uh, elemental spirits and nature spirits. Uh, since we've been doing such divine stuff, I think uh, almost like shamanistic uh, gods should exist. Of like every tree has a little bit of something in it, but the older trees literally have a spirit of their own. See, when you see nature spirits, I've I've always been a big fan of fae and like weirdo fae and like monstrous fae. So I like that nature being kind of mean. Like, that's the one thing that I've always appreciated. Would you also be doing, like, the fae dimension where there's, like, a place in between? Like, no. the fairy I, door? I, I, don't, I think that we have, like, the multidimensional thing. I'd rather keep something like that. I'd, I'd, I'd prefer not to do, like, a kind of pocket galaxy it's type thing. It's now Planescape. What about... Right, t- that's what I'm trying to avoid, essentially. What about the terrain itself? So, like, I'm thinking, um, you know the game No Man's Sky, which got a really bad rep for how it launched? One yeah. of the things they promised in it was that the further you moved away from, like, the area you know, like, towards the center of the galaxy, the worlds would become weirder and weirder, mm-hmm. and their mm-hmm. landscapes would get weirder. What if the further away you get from civilization, the landscapes itself get weirder for some reason? 
So there's you're suggesting that there's something about the gods themselves that, that are, bring order. Yeah, oh, they're axiomatic like in some way that they yeah. essentially, and that's why cities are built around them. Yeah. It's something that is like subconscious or inherent about their hmm. divinity that is axiomatic. It brings that, order to the world. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that would actually make sense considering the kind of threads that they act in in terms of the overall universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see their that. place in the universe, rather. I, th- I think that's a really smart idea. So it's kind of like the world is almost barely held together the further <laughs> and further away you get. Mm-hmm. And that would actually make sense, uh, again, going back to the golden age of sail, why it's so dangerous to go out into the oceans. It's because that's as far away from the gods as you can get. It's just messed up. <laughs> exactly. And so it's so the, the oceans are even worse than, you know, we... we you could know, have imagined, yeah. Exactly. But the chance of going out and finding something, I mean, if it's just as chaotic, it's just like, oh, what'd you find out there? I made a, I found a fish made out of gold. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that, going back to Monster Hunter, that already exists. It's called a gold scale. <laughs> but I actually really like that idea, Daniel. I think that's a fascinating concept is that, you know, like the wilds are inherently wild. Like there's a, there's a couple of ideas that I have. I've run a game where the nature is literally alive and trying to kill people. And there is also a setting in Magic the Gathering where the world literally moves and shifts pretty constantly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of... I don't want to go that far. I don't want it to be like, hey, if you get X amount of miles outside of a city, you're screwed. Yeah, there's like earthquakes and <laughs> right, shit. Right, constantly. But I like the idea that there, and not only that, but ruins kind of act as like an oasis in, in a kind of way. Because, well, yes, it's... fragments of civilization that used to keep order. Exactly. And it's, and it's now somehow safer, mm-hmm. right? And you can play with what that means. Like the wildness of it could not, it doesn't have to literally mean that like, things are chaotic looking it could mean maybe the social order breaks down for some reason out there it could Mm -hmm. mean that maybe you know the the environment has changed in terms of like storms or weather or what makes sense even right or doesn't make sense totally yeah yeah Uh, i also like the idea of uh i don't know like the beasts that are out there and it's one of the things that i liked about the witcher series of where it was just like Hey, could you help out this small town? Because there's a big creature out there that's just ruining our lives. Yeah, that's actually the one thing that I kind of struggle with when it comes to my own settings and creating them is that I can never think of a good reason as to why, like, hey, there's a giant horde of monsters over here. Why wouldn't they just kind of smash everything? Or like, or what I prefer to do is something like what you just said, where it's like, these things are rare, but when they exist, they are terrifying and they fuck shit up. You know, like that's kind of what I would want to go with. Or someone screwed something up where you're just like, oh man, it was in the deep woods and then you assholes were caught making charcoal and you caused a wildfire and now its home is upset and now guess what? It wants to fuck up ours. I mean, you could use your built-in concept of like if the gods create some sort of order, the presence of them will keep those things away. Maybe the absence of a oh. god in the area has drawn them towards it. That's pretty cool. Hmm. So you're saying that that actually adds a lot to conflict as well because if there's some kind of war where you're smashing you're smashing gods yeah. you're also making that area generally less safe even though there's already like an established civilization there mm-hmm. because now those beasts are moving in because there's nothing there's no electric fence of divinity <laughs> exactly. kind of keeping them out yeah. that's really fascinating mm-hmm. okay 
And that makes them inherently more valuable to gods to have them, you know, with you. Yeah, I mean, it would absolutely make sense as to why people would want to worship gods. It gives them a reason mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, this is really coming together. I like that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, this is the other thing, by the way. Like, I've never liked the idea of a, 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 a race of sentient evil things. Because it's never made sense to me. Like those like, dumb, what are the in Game of Thrones, the dumb ice guys? Uh, White Walkers. God, why do they exist? Nobody knows or cares. The, the thing is, they even said it just like, well, stay tuned. You're going to be surprised by their evil. And like, they're useless. They're, I'm not surprised at all. They're, they're just dumb. They dumbies. were turned into a weapon. That's great. Right. That doesn't yeah, exactly. really give me any sympathy to them. Yeah. None whatsoever. They're just like so uninteresting. But that is actually, uh, to, to go back, it's not sympathy, but it is an explanation of it. Just like, oh, they're. They're like a biological weapon that went wrong. Well, it annoys me too because, like, even if you had an animal, right, that's more interesting than something that's inherently evil. Yes. Because an animal's doing whatever it's, you know, whatever it has to do as a creature to survive, whereas an inherently evil thing, what does that mean? Like, what does it want? <laughs> I prefer I prefer monsters to be Godzilla, mm -hmm. where they're crazy powerful or they're just they just don't know any better. Yeah. Pref I prefer that to something that's like. I've been bred evil, and I'm only going to eat babies. Like, yeah, it doesn't... Why? Why do you do that? It makes no sense. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> it can make sense. No, it didn't. Yeah, no, it what, can't. What if, what if they You cannot ready? breed an entire race of, of, of fucking... Eaters. Of baby eaters. Or, like, Ted Bundys. It doesn't work that <laughs> Ted way. Ted Bundy okay. race. It's not so much... Like, you can make it that they don't speak the same language, they don't understand each other... And, like, one of the things that I really liked, and I forget where this is taken from, but there were uh, orcs that believed that the only way to keep the world real is to cause suffering in it. The less suffering in the world, it means that it has a greater chance of ending. Right, but that's cultural. It's not racial. And okay, that's the yeah. thing. That's what, I, that's what I always argue is that race, race has nothing to do with it because when you have race... Soundbite. Whatever. <laughs> when, when you... When you have race, that you're just taking out any, like, I don't prescribe to the idea that race has a preset, a preset alignment to it. I think that yeah. uh, Eberron does it the best, where it's a matter of, hey, you can be born a dragon, a gold dragon, right? And a gold dragon in any other D&D &D setting is, good. is lawful good, or, or perhaps neutral good, I can't remember which. But in, in Eberron... It has nothing to do with it. It's like you were just born a gold dragon, and that's what I prefer. I want something that has no, like has everything to do with culture and everything to do with upbringing, as opposed to anything else. And it is hard to do, but I do love when like the cultural norm of that civilization is just like, oh, these people are brutish. It's very hard to do in any sort of campaign or in in a lot of stories because either you're force feeding someone where it was just like they're bad, but not really, or the players that you have never discover it because they're like, oh, they're evil. And we don't need to, we, we have our confirmation. That's actually what I, that's why I don't, I try not to have evil races in general. I mean, an episode on, on ethics and morality would be a great episode. That, oh, that's I'd actually. I'd love to be in that episode. That's, that's a very different topic. Yeah. Because that's me and that's me uh -huh. ranting. But no, it sounds like you're, you're, you're asking like for the wilds, like how do motivations work for these things? Right. No one likes you know? a moral yeah. philosopher. And, and in this case, <laughs> and in this case, I want it to be purely animalistic. Yeah. I don't want anything to do with, An this is a griffin. Evil. Yeah. This is a griffin. It's therefore evil. It needs to die. I don't want that. <laughs> so to my exist. other wild thing was going to be a race of dwarves. Evil chaos dwarves. <laughs> we eat babies. 
Oh, my eyes bleeding? I feel like my eyes And are... they all look like Ted Bundy. <laughs> okay, I'm back, in, I'm back in now. I would accept that only if they were all evil Ted Bundy lookalikes. Actually, if you've, seen the new, if you've seen the new Netflix uh, Ted Bundy one, the one with Zac oh, Efron. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Okay, so... Uh, because Haley, I hate Zac Efron. Haley Joe Osment. Oh, well, first of all, Zac Efron is actually really good He's in that. He's so gross. Second of all, oh. Haley Joe Osment like is like, you do muscle. take controversial views on that. Right? <laughs> first, you don't like Pacific Rim, and now you, The whatever. worst movie, but we can talk about it. Oh, my God. We're not getting into <laughs> this. I don't it's have enough. silent. Uh, <laughs> you just look at the pictures. I'm just going to strangle you. Yeah. Why do two people need to be in sync? Because it's cool. Why do they, Why don't they have a base that's right by the hole that's letting in all the monsters? Hey because it's cool. Hey, Chris, remember when Daniel was a special guest for one episode of our podcast? No, too much editing. It's two episodes. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to have to edit in someone else to come in and do the dub for Daniel. You've been officially exiled. Been dubbed out. Yeah, exactly. Could you say good? For what? Just say good. Oh no, Pacific Rim is bad. <laughs> we just need to get him to say good in the same tone. Daniel, what's the opposite of bad? Okay. <laughs> I, I believe that's okay. We can neutral. make yeah. it work. Make it uh, work. Uh, yeah, I, I, luckily editing oh, is a that, That's the other thing. I, I also like, uh, e now we're getting into the topic of evil, but I like evil that thinks that it's doing good. Yes. Yeah. In that case, it's not really evil. I like Exactly. I like the idea that you can create an argument for it as well. Mm -hmm. I think that's also important. But uh, I've never really played that kind of character. That's not true at all. <laughs> you've, you've played a literal serial killer. <laughs> a literal serial so. Serial? Yeah. He's murdered a bunch of people. It was just a very long spree. Also, <laughs> no. No. We had a time skip and we're getting off topic. <laughs> All right, so what kind of monsters are we talking about here in the Land of a Thousand Gods? Because we've had, we've had a couple already that I really appreciate, but those are, for the most part, kind of uh, intelligent. And I think that to the north, having that anathema run wild type thing, that's, that's mm -hmm. kind of prevalent as well. Do we want to just say that, hey, just assume that every fantasy monster is in it until we say, hey, this is out? Hmm. Or yeah, you can create your own. Uh, yeah. I, I would say if we're going to do anything that's intelligent, uh, going back to the nature spirit kind yeah, of thing, yeah, like yeah. Faye, that, that's where that would be the closest. And, and then it's mainly because they don't see us as, they see us as sport. They see humans as sport sure. is where, what it boils down to. And, and they have a kind of weird alien mindset as well where, they're, yeah, sure, they're intelligent, but it's like, they don't see the pain that they're inflicting as pain. It's like, what do you mean? You're just going to revive or you're just going to do something. You're just going to go to the next world. Fuck off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe <laughs> maybe that's what it is. It's like they don't see the pain and death that they're inflicting in this particular universe to matter because they can see that. Like, that's just, too small. Yeah. That's too small. Yeah. I mean, just going to the next one. Who cares? The, the other thing that I could see is uh, in the nature spirit sense, which often happens, is it just like you're destroying the forest. I'm going to now destroy you. Yeah, yeah. What I also would probably want to think about is maybe the there are certain nature spirits that just feed off emotions. So they need to feed off of joy and yeah. fear and anger. It's not, it's like, look, I'm just trying to eat. I, I, I know it's unfortunate that I need to spook you in order to get these, the, 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 the food that I need, but it's just no harm, no foul, right? Like I don't want to do it. 
Yeah, something I, like that. I feel like you always have to be careful with the intelligence of monsters because if they become intelligent in a way that's not alien, like you're describing, then there's questions of why haven't they formed their own civilization? Exactly. You know, why yeah. don't they have you know people that live with them? But exactly. if they're also intelligent enough, that's where they can be worshipped in their own right. True. Where it's just like, hey, I won't feed off you guys because you seem pretty cool, but bring me people to eat. Mm. Mm. I'll protect you by eating everything else that enters this forest. Yeah. All right. And in that case, maybe they're just like solitary, you know, sort of creatures. Yeah, they're not quite a god. They're... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I f- okay, we've got lost cities. We've got monsters and we've got, uh, you know, like the wilds themselves and how they kind of become chaotic and weird the further away from civilizations. Is there anything else that we kind of want to get into? I feel or? like we need an ocean one. Like Kraken something. Like uh, just a monster. Not necessarily a monster. You could also do a type like a, a siren or something that makes people that it's a common thing that people know of like in the ocean. Kind of their legendary. I, oh, actually, I just thought of that. Drowner. No, no, no. Because I'm thinking right, like in a in a typical Grecian sense, right? Mm-hmm. Greek monsters are essentially like cast off, failed cast offs, <laughs> or they're like directly like, hey, you're punished yes. by a god. And thus you're transformed. Mm-hmm. So now we can get into, yeah. there are legendary monsters akin to Greece where there are, there's one of them, mm-hmm. but it's specifically because, hey, you spurned this god and now you're going to be horribly oh, I mangled. love Greek mythology. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and that's what I mean. Yeah. And this is the kind of thing that I'd rather do if we're mm-hmm. going to be doing something that's truly monstrous. Yeah. We can now create, not a race necessarily, but like, let's say that every every god that curses another thing it becomes this so now there's more than one minotaur and it's because i spurned the god of maps or something like that mm-hmm. and so now i'm forced to be stuck in a maze forever without a direction you can, i wanted to know where you were going with that i'm just spitballing here <laughs> well, you, can, right? you can generate two kind of uh if you would say the word quote-unquote savage races this way like so if you have like medusa oh, okay. you'd have like the gorgons right yes. so yes, yes, yes. there's a reason why medusa was created because of the circumstances with her god but yes. she, now she has a whole species yeah. that came out as a result of that do you want that i life? i would actually try and yeah. shy away from that specifically mm-hmm. Specifically because now you're just like, it started out evil and now it's just a neutral race. Yeah. You know, like I don't want it to be so like... So you want them to be like divinely cursed and that sticks with them. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I want them to be rare mm-hmm. in that sense where it's like, hey, there's a very few amount of these because they're suffering from a God curse. I see. And that's it. You know, right. and maybe it's kind of like where we're talking about uh, the Halloween episode with mummies where these things are extremely rare or like particularly mm-hmm. rare. In that so like way. a Scylla and Charybdis kind of thing, you know, the yes. big vortex, but yeah. Uh, exactly. Right. I'd rather do something like that mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, you know, or, or even a... Or the poly- Cyclops. Yeah. Was, you're yeah. going to say Polyphemus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Where it's like, hey, I'm favored by this god mm-hmm. and I'm monstrous. And you know he's there and you don't, you don't go there. You don't go there. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Or maybe it's just yeah. like this, this thing was... Okay, this is actually kind of interesting. Maybe it's a particular type of god pact. Mm-hmm. Or a particular, oh. a corrupted god pact or something like That's that, neat. where maybe if you take two god packs that don't mix very well, or there's some kind of just horrible mutation with mm-hmm. that particular god pact, you just somehow become a monster. And it has nothing, and so that would, I, there's I believe, a lot to that actually, that we can kind of in, you know, talk about. I think we also mentioned that certain monsters in the world were created by the nation of like primordial flesh. Like flesh shapers, where it just like made a bear, mixed it with this, 
Oh no, it got out. All right, well. Well, yeah, I think I think that's a, I think that's just a little bit more specific. Yeah, yeah I, got, I think we especially could do that, too. That is how I picture a manticore. Uh, that's how a manticore got involved. <laughs> yes, yeah. just because yeah. whenever I see a manticore, I'm just like, why? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Okay, I mean, I, I think there's a lot to that that we can kind of get into. Like, you know, there's this idea that it's a corrupted god pact as well, and. Yeah, the flesh shapers are obviously going to be creating weird puddle monsters all over the place, mm -hmm. for sure. And in Greek mythology, too, you had, um, like, several orders of gods. So you had titans who preceded, like, the the younger gods. Yeah. So I don't know if maybe there are monsters that are really old and hold secrets from a time before. I, you know. I do like that's that. A, that's a really interesting idea as well. Mm -hmm. Great point. Like, for all, like, non-canon kind of thing, the Forgotten could have been uh, the gods' first attempt at... Uh, Humanity. At humanity. Oh, yeah. And then they're like, oh, cool. get, get gross. Go back in there. <laughs> get back in your hole. Oh, oh I left man. them in the oven too long. <laughs> That's exactly. I was like, it's when you have creepy crawlers yeah. your first time and you just fuck oh, them up man. entirely. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> Messed up. You guys right. mentioned barbarians too. Did you want to include that? Like, how is that? What is that going to be? I see that as just wild people or like bandits. The story behind them is should be unique. Whenever I see bandits, I believe that it's someone, it could be like a military person that went rogue and decided to like, screw it, I'm just going to set up camp here. Could have been a caravan that uh, they lost whatever they were doing. Situation. Yeah. Uh, I think each bandit can be unique and each barbarian tribe is kind of, uh, it could be one that follows a very minor god of like uh, blood or something like that. Some, or just something that they don't mind toting around. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, I don't need a city. My god doesn't need a city. Uh -huh. And so they carry this this sense of, you know, like even if it might be a god of chaos or something like that, it's still going to have that kind of reality anchoring effect where it's they're safe as long as they're oh, surrounded. Their tribe has it with them. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I'm I could picturing like the Warhammer 40k, uh not 40k, Warhammer uh end times thing of the chaos like uh chosen. They they were uh, corrupted by their god, but it made them like stronger, better, faster, and they're just decked out to shit. Okay, yeah. So you're you're suggesting that barbarians are just essentially followers of these types of wild gods, and so they're like, yeah, I don't have as many followers, but maybe they're going to be stronger. They live a freer life. But also, out of my fifteen follow followers, fifteen of them are god pacted, and also they get all the juice. What what um yeah, yeah we could do something like that. What makes a god more powerful? Is it the connection with other gods, the coalescence? Not necessarily. Okay. We we've we've kind of dipped into this a little bit in terms of how much power and how where the power lies. I think yeah. that we've kind of come up with this idea that the more followers you have and the more oh, faith that they have, the more That's powerful power. the god is. So I mean, you can have it's faith. By devotion squared by, by popular. Okay, so <laughs> exactly. then I mean, if yeah. you're if you're a bunch of if you're a wild god being carried by like a tribe, one of your goals might be to have that tribe conquer other tribes and get bigger and bigger, so that you can have more mm. more faith. Yeah, in the wilds, I mean, you could you know? do like a hey, this is how we find followers. We call a village, mm -hmm. smash their god to prove our strength, and then anyone who chooses to follow us come with yeah. us. We've proven our strength. Yeah, it's it could be barbarians could just be like really shitty salesmen, like we're <laughs> really like shitty salesmen. door to door salesmen. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard the good word? You don't want my vacuum cleaner? I'll kill you with it. 
Watchtower. Okay. All right. So I feel like that pretty much... I feel like we should wrap it up there. We've Mm. got barbarians, lost cities. We've got monsters. We've got the nature and wilds themselves. We've got nature spirits. And not only that, we've, we've added so much rich depth into the world... Oh, I love it. I love I love episodes like this where it's like a very broad topic. But we get to you know nail Some down nitty points. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Daniel, thanks again for coming by. We uh, we will probably have you again in the future at some point. People seem to really like having you on. Me in particular. Well, thank you. But the most important one. Yeah. Super oh. fun. <laughs> oh. Thank you very much, Daniel. Is there any way that people can reach you, or if they're interested in your work, if they want to get in contact with you, is there some way they can get in contact? Yeah, you can stop by my website, dquin.net, um, which, yes, I know it's a .net, but it's the best I could do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's that's full of all sorts of cool blog posts. And, and his phone and... number is 617. <laughs> get out of there. All right. Uh, so this has been Rob Hilferty here with Chris Prunty and Daniel Quinn for World Build With Us. And if you have any questions, comments, or if you want to push our subject topic in any particular direction, you can reach us at worldbuildwithus at gmail.com and we will see you next time and remember that we love you very much.